0: Life if you give your heart and believe what he's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're true. You'll be set for life. They saw selfish, very selfish opportunity instead of just doing what God told them to do. He told them to wipe out the Canaanites. Now, this decision of theirs is going to prove to be a fatal, fatal mistake for them. Because later in the time of the judges, the Canaanites would rise up and enslave the Israelites and make the Israelites work for them. Backfired, didn't it? Didn't turn out right. Let me show you. Judges 2, verse 1. Then the angel of the Lord came up. From Gilgal to Bochim and said, I led you up from Egypt and brought you to the land of which I swore to your fathers. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you. And you shall make no covenant with the inhabitants of this land. You shall tear down their altars. But you have not obeyed my voice. Why have you done this? Therefore, I also said, I will not drive them out before you, but they shall be thorns in your side and their gods shall be a snare to you. So it was when the angel of the Lord spoke these words to all the children of Israel that the people lifted up their voices and wept. Oh, now it's time to pay, isn't it? You made a bad choice and it bit you. There is a critically huge lesson in this for us. Sometimes we tolerate and even excuse some pet little sin that we try to justify for ourselves. Well, yeah, it's a sin, but. Yeah, I know it's wrong, but. I know God said don't do it, but. I know this is the right way to go, but. I have some particular reason for me why I want to keep it. And then one day you wake up to realize that this little excusable little That sin has grown up so big that it turns the table the other way and the sin puts you under its thumb and you are now spiritually defeated. That's what happened to Israel and that's what happens to any one of us when we do the same thing. Friends, it's always better to obey. It's always better to deal with the sin up front, decisively, and sometimes harshly if necessary. Well, that don't sound like the God I know. Well, let me show you in the Bible. Matthew 18 and 8. Jesus said, if your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. Well, that's pretty extreme, right? That's a little too much for me. Jesus said this. I'm just telling you what he said. Cut it off and cast it from you, it is better for you to enter into life, lame or maimed, rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into the everlasting fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, guys, you ever have that problem? If your eye causes you to sin, you're home alone by yourself, you got that computer, nobody's ever going to know. I know it's wrong, but I know I shouldn't do it, but... If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. It's better for you to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hellfire. It's, it's pretty severe. <laughs> Jesus basically said for us to be with ruth, as ruthless with sin as it takes. As ruthless, as harsh, as firm with sin as it takes to get it out. Get it out. Get it out of your life and as far away from you as possible. He didn't just say cut it off and gouge it out. He also said, throw it away. Get it away from you. Get distance between you and it fast. Throw it away. Look at what happened to Israel for not obeying. They became slaves to the Canaanites after God brought them out of four centuries of slavery. He got them out of slavery and they set themselves up to become slaves all over again. He's like, I took you out of Egypt and look what you did. You're slaves again. You did this. <laughs> He's like, what are you doing? What were you thinking? Friends, are you tired of being owned? Are you tired of bondage? Are you tired of problems? Then I got to ask a question. Why do we keep doing things that keep us in bondage? You're trying to saw one chain off while you're hooking yourself up to another one on the other leg. What, what is this? And so in chapters in 15, uh, in 15 and 16, we see two different groups of people. We see those who could not in 15, and in 16, we see those who did not. Both groups had sin in their camp. They were both sinners. They knew it. But at least the could not, the ones who tried to get the Jebusites out, at least they tried. At least they tried to drive them out. The guys in 16, they didn't even go for it. They, it says they did not. Oh, well, we're going to use them. I have an opportunity in this. In, in chapter 15, King David had to come along and drive out the Jebusites out of uh, Jerusalem in 2 Samuel 5. So they tried. They could not, but the king had to come take care of it for them. You hear know what I'm saying? We tried to, we realized we couldn't. Now the king's going to come deal with it. But for those who did not try to drive out the enemy, they had no desire to do it, didn't care, didn't even make the effort to do it, because they wanted to use these enemies. They wanted to use them. They had some personal little gain that they, that they got out of it, some personal bit of pleasure, fatal mistake. They tried to use them. Still today, there are two types of people. There are those who want to drive sin out, of their sin, uh, sin out of their lives. There are those who want to drive out their sin, but they cannot. And then there are also those who will not. Because they think they have opportunity for themselves by keeping it. Which one are you? I'm not just addressing people here in the room, but the camera, the radio. Which one are you? Are you a could not or are you a will not? Which one? Israel wept for their mistake. Don't make the same mistake. Those of you who will not deal with your sin, you absolutely refuse to do it. You've got people of God sent to you telling you, warning you, say, you got bad times ahead if you don't deal with this. They're trying with everything they've got because they care about you. They're not trying to run your life and boss you around. They're not trying to take advantage of you. They're trying to see you free. They want you to experience the same grace and peace that Jesus Christ gave them. But if you will not deal with the sin in your life, your end will be weeping, just like the Israelites Matthew 13, 41 explains the son of man will send out his angels and they will gather out of his kingdom, all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness and will cast them into the into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. There's your weeping end for letting sin stay in your life. And it ain't fun weeping is the end for the will-nots and the dead-nots. But for those of you who want your sin gone, but you cannot do it yourself, but you want it gone. I Believe me, there's a time in my life I tried for years to get the sin trouble and all the mess out of my life, and the more I tried, the worse it got. <laughs> I tried, and I could not get it out of my life. You want your sin gone, but you cannot do it yourself. Remember, the Israelites needed King David to come along and save them. Likewise, you need King Jesus to come along and save you. Matthew 121. And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. There's your king that can. You cannot. Save his people, it says. You see, just like Reuben, we defiled everything. We defiled and messed up what we had coming. We lost our inheritance. So who gets the inheritance? Who's entitled to the inheritance? The firstborn. Remember, the firstborn. Colossians 1.15 of Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Oh, look at that. There's the one who's entitled. Woo, moving along. Jesus has the entitlement. Of the firstborn. But how does this relate back to me so that I can regain what sin took away from me? Ephesians 1 7. In him we have redemption through what? Through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Redemption means you lost it, but now you're bought back. Redemption means restored. And so once I have been bought back through the blood of Jesus, do I really get my inheritance back again? When he buys me back, does the inheritance come back too? Well, Jesus is the firstborn, not me. But when he buys me back, do I get restored back to that inheritance? What, what do I get? How does that work? Romans eight sixteen. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children... <clears throat> And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Man, this is good. If you're a joint heir with the entitled firstborn, that means what he gets, you get. A joint heir, a co-heir, some verses call it. What he gets, you get. He's the firstborn. And he's going to share with you. Isn't that great? Wow. What is this that we get? Eternal life in the presence of Father God. And genuine salvation will drive you into unity with the brethren, if you become safe for real, just like Ephraim and Manasseh's desire for unity with each other. It says in First John 3:14, "We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren." Clear-cut. Well, I don't love the brethren. I'm, I'm fine on my own. Oh, I got that little sin. I'm going to use that. Do you think you're saved according to what I just read? Not according to what I read. Don't kid yourself. You need the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I gave my life to the Lord. Then why are you acting like you don't need the brethren? Why are you acting like you don't care? Why are you keeping that little pet sin for some little gain for yourself? You're acting in complete opposition to what the Bible says a saved person does. Trying to help people with this, to understand it. You know, bro- Joseph's brothers, they did not love their brother Joseph. They didn't love him. So what'd they do? They sold him. They did not want unity with him. They pushed him away in rejection only to realize later that he was the one who had the power to save their lives. All of us, even me, I'm not trying to be any better than anybody else. Oh, surly, surely not the pastor. He slides down on a sunbeam every Sunday morning does a sermon and God pulls him back up into heaven again. No, I'm just as messed up as the rest of you. And I admit it. All of us have pushed Jesus away in rejection. And it's time to realize that Jesus is the only one who has the power to save your lives. Like Joseph. Acts 4 and 12, nor is there salvation in any other for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Jesus or nothing, guys. Well, I don't like that. Hey, be glad you got Jesus at all. Joseph's faithfulness is what gained him the double inheritance for Ephraim and Manasseh. And Joseph had said to his brothers, if you recall, he said, God sent me to save your lives by a great deliverance. Friends, God sent Jesus to save your life by a great deliverance. Just the same. So let me try to help you consider something about your own heavenly inheritance. Now that we've got all the facts down on how it works. If the size of the inheritance was proportionate to the size of the family, y'all with me? And if you are a joint heir with the firstborn who is entitled to double that, then how big do you think your inheritance in heaven will be? in the great family of God. If you just try to imagine how big God is, the inheritance got huge, didn't it? First Corinthians two, nine, it is written. I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of men. The things which God has prepared for those who love him. Friends in Messiah, Jesus, your inheritance is big. So why do you want that little pet sin that's messing it all up? Oh, but that sin is so huge. Is it bigger than God? No, (laughs) let him have it upon belief in Jesus. God will have unity with you by sending you his Holy spirit to indwell you, which is much closer and much more intimate unity than what Israel had with God when he dwelt in the tabernacle. Because now it's in us. But I have to ask you a question. And I've asked it already, I'm going to ask it again. Because I'm trying to drive this home. Are you a can't, or are you a won't? Are you a could not, or are you a will not? The can't crowd knows they need a Savior to deal with sin for them. But those in the won't crowd, they will not. Those are the ones who try to keep that fun little pet sin because they think they're getting some kind of gain out of it. They still think, I've got something I can get out of this, I'm not letting it go. That little sin is going to rise up and bite your head off, man. And you will be weeping. It ain't going to be fun later. Don't be fooled. This kind of sin is designed to make you think you have control of it until it has taken away and destroyed everything you had coming. It's very deceitful. It backfired on the Israelites trying to use the Canaanites. Keeping your sin will backfire on you too. Right now is a good time to get right with Jesus. Repent and get saved. I mean for real saved. Not just I said the words there, I'm good. And keep acting like the same old knucklehead you've always been. I'm the guy that is the perfect testimony of that. I said the words when I was, I don't know, 15, I'm saved, I'm saved. But I was acting like the devil. Something wrong. Something wrong. I always tell people, if I told you I got run over by an 18-wheeler before this morning, and it tipped over, and all the gasoline spilled out, and it exploded, and I was in the middle of it and burned after being run over, and I walked out of it and came in here today, would you buy it? Would you believe that? Of course you wouldn't. Why? Because I'd look different than this. It wouldn't look like this. There's a lot of people that tell me they're saved by Jesus Christ. They haven't changed one bit. I don't buy it. And guess what? The world out there doesn't buy it either. It has to be genuine, real, authentic stuff. It's going to change you in ways that only God can do. You're going to desire love. You're going to desire unity. You're going to desire the same things that God has a desire for. And if you don't have it, something's wrong. But you've got yourself thinking you're okay. Why are you hanging on to that little opportunistic little sin? It's going to eat you alive. Don't let it have you. Repent. Turn around. Get saved by Jesus for real. And dedicate faithfulness into your family. I can tell you, if you're not dedicating faithfulness into your family, you're probably sapping the life out of it. Turn it around the other way. And receive a great blessing for your faithfulness. Andrew, if you want to. So I want to give you a chance to respond. I've given the word, however effective or ineffective as I could do it. I don't pretend to be a great speaker. I don't try. I'm just up here dishing it out as I see it. And this is for anybody who realizes, man, I got something going on in my life. I need to get out. I got something I need to gouge out and throw it away. I got something I need to chop off and throw it away. It's been, I thought I had it, now I realize maybe I don't. I thought I could use it, but I'm realizing it's using me. I don't want it to backfire on me. I don't want the tables to turn back on me. I have been the guy who would not deal with it. I don't want to be that guy no more. I want to be the guy that realizes... I can't deal with it. And let my king come and take care of it for me. If that's you, you can demonstrate that coming up here right now. If you have somebody you're praying for, that this describes them, you can come up and pray for them also. Doesn't have to be just about you, it could be someone you're praying for, or it could be you yourself. Come up here and take it to the altar. We're going to see later that the Israelites build an altar. It's an elevated place. Like this stage, I guess. It's an elevated place where they come to present their prayers to God, to bring their requests to God. And that's all I'm asking you to do. Bring your request to God. Say, God, I can't, I can't do this thing. It's had me long enough. I don't want it to have me anymore. It's beyond me. But Lord, even my borders, there's fruitfulness in You. Lord, I ask You, King Jesus, come take it and deal with it. I can't change what I cannot change. Show me what I even need to gouge out. But for the things I know I need to deal with, I don't want to be a will not. I want to be a could not. because you can. Lord, I pray for anybody in the room, anybody on radio or video that knows they need to get right with you, and they will not do it. Work your glory and your in your power Lord God like even like you did me you brought me to my knees because you wanted me more than anybody wanted me you came after me Lord go after them get them bring them to their knees strip them of every ounce of strength they have and then bring them back up in restoration again Love through the body of Christ, the assembly of believers, the unity, love of the brethren, we can encourage them that in the blood of Jesus Christ there is redemption. Bring your people back, Lord God. Lord, I pray for the people I know who will not get right with you. Use me. And Lord, when you use me, help me realize it's going to come at my expense. That's what being a sacrifice is. May I not forget that so that I don't get upset about when things are taken from me. Lord, we took your life from you on the cross. I thank you, Lord God, for all those you're drawing. Lord, there are people up here praying on behalf of themselves and also on behalf of others. Some of the people may be seeing them praying for them right now. Realize there are people up here praying for you. We ask you Lord to bless our time with you. We ask you Lord to hear our prayer. I know why you stripped me down to nothing this morning to deliver this message. Because I have nothing left. Lord, it's all your power from here out. I thank you for it, Father God, do your work among us today. In Jesus' name. Amen. You are not worthless, you're priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at Set for life You'll be on your way Any day you decide to start